Yo, what's up? Welcome back. Episode four, Thick of the Trenches. We got a good one for you today. Let's go. All right. So before we get into it, I'm going to do a little quick two-lane off-season recap. First move of the week, old player Kanan Ray. Yeah. Previous guard, promoted to GA, done with his playing days, decided to go into coaching. Yep. Two-lane GA. Um, pro day was today. Some notable stats. None of the official 40 times have come out, or at least to not scouts. So what we found so far is that Nick Anderson, linebacker, 21 bench reps, and broad jump to 10-1. A 10-1, yeah. <laughs> Tajay Spears had an unofficial 40 of 4-4-7. Yeah. Will Wallace, who's looking big today. Looking very thick. Had 18 thick. bench reps. Deuce Watts was 17. Shea Wyatt. At a 39.5 vertical. Yeah. And, Insane. yeah, I mean, everybody just looked great out there. Great performance from everybody. Yeah. Uh, Tylo. Uh, Tylo. D. Lyman, he had 27 yeah. bench reps. So, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was huge. And by the time the podcast drops this Sunday night, we will be one week away from the spring game. Actually, six days. It's uh, yep. Saturday, March 25th. We're just getting 1% better every day, you know, going through it. The results are coming. So today we have a very, very special guest joining us. Hell yeah. Um, Super Bowl 44 champ, New Orleans legend. Hell yeah. Drew Brees' go-to guy, the Velcro man himself, Lance Moore. So Lance? Fellas. <laughs> ah, man. To be your guys' age again. Thinking back to spring ball days and all of the foolery that we used to get into during that time of year, you said 1% better. Like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds like coach speak to me. The idea is to go out there, work hard during practice, but then party harder on the weekend. That was, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was what, that was what we got, used to do. It's, Obviously, it's safely, hard. safely, yeah. but. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah. I mean, in New Orleans, everything's safe, you know? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> For us, too, it, it starts – we finish practice Saturday around noon, just right into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's, he's incriminating us, but yes. I'm not – Look, I'm not trying to get you guys in trouble, man. No, but you're fine. Uh, great, great to be here with you guys. Obviously, I've, I've followed Tulane for – oh, shoot, when did I get to New Orleans? 2005, so basically 18 years now. Oh, yeah. um, and so – to see where the program is today, um, and and not just the program, but but where college football is, where where guys like you guys can branch out from the football field and doing other things, um, it's it's commendable. And one thing that I always talk about with guys that I mentor, guys that I train, young receivers, college receivers specifically, is think about life after football. No idea when that'll be for everybody. It's different. But if you've got your ducks in a row and you're already starting to do things while you're in college or while you're playing in the NFL, if you're fortunate enough, then the transition out of football is a lot easier and you're making money sooner. So I commend you guys. This is awesome. Happy to be here with you guys and let's get it. Hell yeah. Appreciate that again. (laughs) Um, So I think it kind of took you into your first point that you want to touch on. So you're from Westerville, Ohio, correct? Yes, sir. And stayed in state for college at Toledo. Yep. Um, so when you were at Toledo, my first question is, obviously, guys like in college football now can branch out. If you had NIL when you were in college, what company or brand would you want to partner with? Uh, I mean, it's hard to t- it's hard to tell, right? Because I was in school, so I went to college 22 years ago, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> um, but and and you know, I mean, you guys kind of understand this a little bit. Being at a small school, it's not quite as easy to get noticed by big brands or big companies. Yeah. And and it usually would have, I would imagine, it would have been limited to more so local companies, small businesses, and things like that. Things that are big in your specific community. Um, but I, I think I would have been able to kill it because I was balling. 
But I, I still think it would have been on a like a smaller scale, right? I wouldn't have been making millions of dollars like some of these kids are. I was not a big recruit coming out of high school, going to Toledo. I had three college offers. I was five, nine and a half and 165 pounds when I went to school, if that. So really? it, it wasn't like I was, you know, needed to be lured to Toledo with the bag of money. I was excited to have an opportunity to go play football for free and have, you know, play football for free. We all, we, we used to do that back then. It's yeah. something you guys don't realize anymore, but so play football for free, but also get a, <laughs> get an education for free. Um, you know, I would have partnered with anybody really back yeah. then. I mean, I didn't have any money, so it, it wouldn't have been specific to any type of brand, but I guess to answer your question, uh, after blabber mouthing for five minutes too long, Nike, <laughs> Nike is like hey. the ultimate like yeah. brand, you know. And, and even still to this day, I'm like, man, how can I get back with Nike? Because when I was playing, I was a Nike athlete, right? I was yeah. I was on a Nike. I got the merch, and and um, there was a couple of years I got some money. So it's hard to let that go once you're done playing. But obviously, when you're done playing, they are like, okay, like you're retired, like bro. We got young guys that we got to <laughs> sign. So. Um, Mikey would have been it for me for sure. And, um, but did we lose him? Oh, nice. Oh, I think you we cut, cut out for you a out. second. We cut out for like the, a little second. Yeah. I'll just, it, it paused, but it looks like, I'm oh, okay. No, but this is a, this is a very random question, but, um, do you keep up with Barstool at all? Like during the pandemic and stuff, did you keep up with Barstool or, or not much? Uh, not, not a ton. Not I mean, much. obviously if you're, if you're on social media, like you kind of get catch wind of what's going on at Barstool. I heard what just happened with Barstool here recently. Um, I think it's pretty cool that somebody can grow a business in the way that Dave has, even though I'm not a huge fan of his, uh, but it's, it's the, the, where we are, uh, as far as media goes in the modern world, I mean, look, here we are, we're, we're, we're on a podcast, right? Yeah. Where anybody can subscribe or anybody can listen to it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome that everybody's got the opportunity to have their voice heard. And, but, you know, if you're, if you're business savvy and, and, you know, get around the right people, you can grow your business and, and, you know, you could potentially grow it into something like Barstool. I mean, I, I think yeah. that's pretty awesome what they, what they've done. Um. Um, they're pretty crazy though. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Honestly, I was. <laughs> that was. I wasn't trying to say like, would you sponsor or would you be sponsored by a Barstool? But, but you saying that you went to Toledo during the pandemic. Um, Big Cat, one of the guys that is on Barstool, like he did like the NCAA dynasty thing, and he made this whole thing with Coach Dougs. I don't know if you saw him, but the, he's like the Toledo coach. Like I don't know if you remember that. You probably can't even see this right now. <laughs> Can you see that? I, no, I've, I I remember that. I remember. Okay, that. that's why I was asking. That's I don't. Yeah. I didn't mean for you to talk about Barstool. I was just. <laughs> trying to be funny it didn't work out but no no it's all good it's, I, I thought that was i thought that was a cool a cool thing for toledo and and yeah, uh, that was huge yeah i mean it's it's uh, obviously you have a, a specific following of people who either know somebody who went there are from the city or actually went to the school and it's, and it's not one of those nationwide fan bases but to have a brand or a company like Barstool doing something about Toledo, I would imagine it, it, it brought more people to, um, you know, kind of reach out or, or, or want to learn more about or become fans of the university. And it's, it's, I feel like that's good for everybody. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Sure. Coach Doug's put you on the map for sure. <laughs> Been on the map. But Actually Lance put them on the map yeah, and then Doug's came back and put them on the map. Even harder. <laughs> <Right>. Even harder. <laughs> but he doubled down. Yeah. So I guess from there, you know, from college, obviously had a great career there. Um, you went undrafted in 2005, which happens to a lot more players. I see a lot more people, people who have think, some yeah. good careers oh, yeah. start undrafted. So how was the transition from college to the NFL, especially being undrafted? Yeah. Uh, I feel like as football players, we all have this dream of, of hearing your name called on draft day. And, and, you know, when that doesn't happen, I feel like it could go one of two ways, right? You can be the guy that's just upset and bitter and everything is that you do from that point on, you're angry and you're trying to prove a point and like all this stuff. 
while I think part of that is a good thing, I think just using it as motivation. And if you get an opportunity, making sure that you show every single day that, hey, Uh-oh. You guys there? Yeah, yeah, cut out for a second. Sorry. But yeah, okay. you're just saying like <laughs> chip on your shoulder kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, just... it's, it's, uh, it, it was for me personally, it was tough because, yeah. like I said, that's the goal that you have. Yeah. As a football player, high school, college, even literally, like, yeah, I want to get drafted. I want to walk across that stage. I want to shake the commissioner's hand. And, and you know, like, once you're drafted, they can never say that you weren't drafted. Yeah, but yeah. F- for me, it was like, okay, I didn't get drafted. I was hurt during the process, right? So I got hurt in the bowl game. Um, so I had to have shoulder surgery. I, I was at the combine, but I couldn't compete. My pro day was kind of so-so because I only had, like, five weeks to train. Mm-hmm. And so – once I wasn't drafted, it wasn't like the end of the world. I was disappointed, but it wasn't the end of the world because my agent was like, hey, we're going to continue to get you healthy. We'll get you an opportunity. And from there, it's on you. But you can't control the draft. So you could drive yourself crazy, like really being upset about not being drafted. But there's nothing that you can do to go back and change it. And there's nothing that you can do within the process outside of handling your business at Pro Day, making sure you stay out of trouble, staying in shape. Um so not, not necessarily worrying about not being drafted. For me, it was about, okay, they, a lot of these teams or all of these teams did not think that I was worthy of being drafted, but that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of being there or having an opportunity to play. So for me, it was just about making sure that when that time came, that I was going to make the most of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we ended up signing with Cleveland. Um, yeah. I'm from Ohio. It was, it was an easy thing. Like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's cool. It'd be cool to go play for my hometown Browns, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm from Columbus. Uh, but so that didn't end up working out. I got cut after the third preseason game, and it was like, damn, now what? So then I start not necessarily questioning whether I could play or not, but I was questioning whether I'd have another opportunity. Um, and thankfully, go back to school, training at Toledo, kind of working as like a makeshift GA, do whatever we need you to do type thing so we can put you back on scholarship. Because at that point, I hadn't graduated yet. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, in the meantime, I'm going to go and finish my degree and we'll see what happens. Um, The CFL, the Toronto Argonauts, they were calling me, hey, you want to come to the CFL? I was like, "Uh, not yet. Like, I'm going to see if there's an opportunity for me in the NFL um, still. And, you know, I kind of put that on the back burner, but the guy was literally like calling me every week. Hey, you change your mind yet? You change your mind. I'm going to give this another shot and see where it takes me. Uh, ended up having a workout with the Houston Texans, didn't get signed. Then it would have been going into week four of the 2005 college season. Um, Toledo, we were flying out to play Fresno state on a Tuesday night. So we flew out Monday night, and as soon as we landed, one of the coaches was like, hey, Lance, did you talk to your agent? I'm like, no, did you? And he's like, no, no, I talked to your mom. Did you talk to your mom? I'm like, no. He's like, call your mom. So I called my mom, and she's like, hey, call Dave. So I called my agent, and he's like, uh, the Saints want to bring you on the practice squad. You're flying from Fresno to San Antonio, now that we were the displaced Hurricane Katrina Saints back then. Yeah. You're flying to San Antonio at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow morning. So I'm like, oh, dude. now I just have literally a back clothes, like that I had in my toiletry bag. Like that's literally yeah, all that damn. I had. So I go, you know, the, you know, to tell the coaches, hey, I got to leave tomorrow morning. They're like, yeah, like, you got to do what you got to do. Hell yeah. Um, so I was thinking that I was going to show up and I was going to have to do like a workout and then all this stuff. But I landed my agent's like, no, like they're signing you to the practice squad. So, um, you know, make sure you show up on time, make sure you do everything they ask you and then some, but he didn't have to tell me that. Like I'm, I'm a very highly motivated, self-starting, hardworking person. And I wasn't going to allow this opportunity to pass me by like the last one. And I wouldn't say that I, kind of let it pass it by as much as I didn't really know what to expect. I thought I was doing enough. I thought I was making enough plays in practice. I didn't really understand the ins and outs of the political part of what's what was going on around me. I didn't understand roster sizes. Like it just, 
all these things were over my head, but I did the research. I spoke to my agent in between the time that I left Cleveland and got signed by the saints. And so from there, my mentality was completely different. I was like, every day's game day for me. Yeah. I'm going to practice squad. I'm going to show up and I'm going to kill these starters every single day of practice every day. And when I, when I don't, I hope somebody speaks up or I'm going to look at it on film and it's going to piss me off because you obviously yeah. watching film every day after practice. And so I just, I just made that a part of my daily routine. Wake up every day is game day. And so, you know, you guys know we're not practicing every single day of the week, but when yeah. we didn't have practice, I was in the lab. I was either watching film. I was running routes on my own. I was on the jugs machine. I was getting extra reps in the weight room. I was checking if the coaches needed anything. I, hey, let me study these DBs because I had to play practice squad corner as well. And sometimes safety and really? like, yeah. all this stuff. I was trying to make sure that I was going to be so prepared that they were never going to be able to say like, Man, this guy doesn't really yeah. belong here. He doesn't fit in. And so that's when I started to like really catch the eyes of not just the coaches, but the players around. Me. Like, yeah. I just remember players coming up to me like, man, you catch everything. Man. <laughs> like uh, uh, Aaron Brooks was our quarterback back then. He said, man, you got some great gloves. And I'm like looking at my gloves. Like I thought he was actually talking about my physical gloves. And I was like, what? He's like, no, no, your hands, man, your hands. Yeah. You got great hands. I was like, oh, thank you. So <laughs> I knew that I could play, right? It's just a matter of getting the opportunity. So throughout that year, I'm balling, like killing on the practice squad. Then we get to about week 12 or 13, and I remember Coach back before Sean Payton. Um, brings me in the office. He's like, and I thought I was getting cut <laughs> for real. I was like, oh man, here we go. He's like, we're going to bring you up. I'm like, for real? He's like, yes. He's like, we need a kick returner and a punt returner. We'll start you there. And then we'll see if we can work you into the offense. I was like, hell yeah. Like say, like say less. Like, oh, yeah. And so I still had that same mentality going into practice. And since I wasn't a starting wide receiver, I still had to do practice squad reps. And that first Wednesday practice, I mess around and pull my hamstring. Like literally oh, the week that I was supposed to be a, my rookie season, pull a hamstring. And from there, it was kind of like, you know, just try to get back healthy. And by the time the end of the year came around, they had cut me again and put me back on a practice squad. So I missed that opportunity. And it wasn't anything that I did or didn't do. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of one of those things. And, and I think I would have balled. I think I would have made some plays. Hopefully I would have returned some kicks. And then, you know, my story would have been completely different. But honestly, I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, it really made me even more hungry to like them to like almost give me a little taste, but then pull it back where I was yeah. like, damn, I was, I was right there, yeah. but I didn't quite get a chance to go out there yet. Like I got to do more. I got to do more. And so like that off season, I went crazy um, training, preparing myself. Sean Payton gets hired. Nope. Drew uh, comes in. Drew comes in. Yeah. And they're like, and Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton are like, Hey, we want you to go to NFL Europe. I'm like, NFL Europe. Like, no, like this, this is a new staff. We got yeah. a new quarterback. Like I'm trying to stick around. I want to be here so I can learn this offense. I can get, you know, on the same page with the quarterback and be around the new receiver coach. And my agent's like, do you want to play for the Saints? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, you should probably do what they tell you to do. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Smart <laughs> man. You're, you're right, man. So I, I go to NFL Europe, um, you know, have a good start to the season, mess around and get hurt there. Um, mess up my thumb. They send me back. Back then, they had like the wounded warriors of NFL Europe that they just shipped us all to Birmingham, where I all stand at a hotel, going to this rehab facility that ended up being Dr. James Andrews' facility. He was the main doctor there. Mm -hmm. um, and it was hell. Like, it was terrible. Like, we, yeah. we were literally there. We didn't have, none of us had cars. This is before Uber. Oh, um, yeah, so, yeah. So they would they would shuttle us from the hotel to the rehab spot. And that's it. If you wanted to go somewhere, you either had to know somebody or call a taxi cab. And so that part of the process was like just frustrating. I had a, a messed up joint down in the bottom of my thumb. So I was in a cast for like mm -hmm. six weeks while I was there. And yeah. I would go and I would literally do cardio on the treadmill. And then I would do like shoulder rehab stuff. Yeah, like literally yeah. front raises, it's, side raises. It does so bowling shoulders. I, I called the trainer, the, the trainer in New Orleans. I said, Scotty, man, they're putting ice on top of my cats. Like, why am I here? Can you please, like, please get me out of here? Oh, gosh. And he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. So, like, literally five days later, I get a call. Hey, get out of there. So I 
went back to New Orleans. And so from there, I started the process of learning the offense and getting on the same page with Drew and, um, you know, being around all the guys, being around the coaches. And I would say that 2006 training camp was probably the best one I ever had. The hardest one I've ever had in my life. I don't know if you guys have heard much about that 06 team and training camp, but they called us the Junction Boys because they put us in Jackson, Mississippi. We're at Millsaps College, a D3 oh, school. Hell. They didn't have an indoor facility. Mm-hmm. It was 105 degrees or more, 90% of the days, and it didn't rain ever when we had practice. No. And this is before all of the training camp protocols, right? So we were two days every single day, full pads every single day in the morning and uppers in the afternoon. And it, it was like, it was hell. And we, and yeah. but I understood Terrible. I guess I didn't really understand it back then. I didn't really care. I'm just like, I got a ball out. I don't give a yeah. shit. I don't really care what we're doing, what we're wearing. I got a, I got a ball out. And so yeah. looking back now, I'm like, man, this dude was a lunatic. And people <laughs> were dropping like flies. Like guys were oh, retiring. Man. Guys yeah. were requesting trades. Guys were getting cut left and right just because they couldn't take it and they didn't want to play for him. And I think that was part of what made that team really special, that the guys that made it, Our the bad. guys that were around each other for so long, in those like really, really grueling moments, it, it brought us closer together. Like yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard the phrase like embracing the suck. Yeah, embrace the suck. This, embrace this team – like really, really did that. And it was yeah. incredible that a team, you know, that was three and thirteen the Hurricane Katrina year could turn around the very next year be playing for an NFC championship. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's kind of unheard of. Uh, but yeah, we were is. able to do that. And, it, and like looking back, it's like, man, we, we could have freaking beaten the bear. We could have won the Super Bowl that year. Like I really think we could have won the Super yeah. Bowl, but we just weren't ready. We weren't ready. We were a couple years too soon, obviously, but um, that was when I first got my first taste. I played a little bit in 06, um, but I was still up and down from the practice squad. But I told myself, no matter how much they're playing you, no matter how many plays you're making, no matter how many times you're scoring touchdowns and people are singing your praises, I'm going to keep the mentality of haven't made it yet. Yep. Haven't made it yet. Doesn't matter what kind of accolades I'm getting. That haven't made it yet mentality or attitude is going to keep me grinding is going to keep me trying to get better each and every day uh which i'm sure you guys are familiar with right we're all football players and we know that if we're not getting better we're getting worse yeah um because everybody else around us is getting better right not because we're physically not as good of a player you could be the same type or level of player but if everybody else around you is getting better then you're dropping and so for me i was not going to let that happen i was going to make sure that you know 2007 I started, I think I started four or five games. Then 2008, Marcus Colson gets hurt. I have 900 plus yards. I have 10 touchdowns, almost 80 catches, mm-hmm. but my mentality didn't change. Haven't made yeah. it yet. Haven't made it yet. Haven't made it yet. I still need to get more reps after practice. I need to show up early before practice, make sure I'm loose. I need to start taking care of my body a little bit better. I started missing games. And it's like, it really gets to you when you miss games with the competitive attitude that I had. I, I just, I hated being hurt. I hated being the guy in the training room where the coaches or people on the team looking at you like, man, when are you going to be back? Hated ha- answering those questions. And yep. it's, it's like you win a Super Bowl. People think like you, you know, you reached the mountaintop and like, you know, everything from there is like downhill. Not for me. No, that's like, okay, cool. We won a Super Bowl. Now look, let's do it again. Let's have a better season the next year. Let's, let's have a thousand yards. And then once I have a thousand yards, let's try to do that again. And like, so um, I think my mentality was what helped me stay as long as I did. I, obviously I'm not a super physically imposing person to anybody, right? I'm just kind of more regular average size guy, but I've got a different type of attitude. Obviously I was blessed, blessed with that athleticism and, and, uh, a great understanding of the game of football. And I, I was a great player in high school, a great player in college and ended up having, in my opinion, a great career in, in the NFL. Um, yeah. And that's, that's not, that's not trying to toot my own horn, but I have to, it, man. like, I have to put the work first, right. Before the accolades, because I, I, I don't want anybody to ever think that it was easy. Um, there were, there were tough times. There were, Moments when I wasn't sure if I was going to play anymore. I mean, it's 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 uh, when you play as long as I have, I feel like you experience all of the emotions 
involved in being a professional athlete and specifically playing in the NFL, which I think is the hardest professional sport to play. Um, you know, the fact that, that you're putting your body on the line every single day, the, the injury percentage is 100% the NFL. And, and hopefully that those that play, um, you know, don't suffer too many serious injuries. Yeah. Um, but I, I know how fortunate and blessed I was to be able to play as long as I did. And, and I don't ever, ever, even still, now that I'm out, I don't take that for granted at all. 100%. Yeah. I mean, when you were talking, I mean, we looked at each other when you started off talking about Birmingham, Birmingham. I mean, it was and, a different Birmingham, obviously, but yeah, but we in two seasons ago when Hurricane Ida came through, we evacuated for what was supposed to be three days. Three they told days, us pack a bag for, for three, three days, days and we ended up being there for a month. Yeah. In Birmingham, Huge. Alabama. Yeah. And so that season we start off almost beating Oklahoma number two Oklahoma. ranked Oklahoma. They were two. two ranked Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Yeah. At Oklahoma, supposed to be in New Orleans, but because of yeah. the hurricane, was there. We played Old. three games there. We played three games we played, while we were stationed out of Birmingham, and then we played Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Got yeah, yeah. and then left got and came back to New Orleans. Came back for yep. And that year we went two and ten, and the ne- this last season, I would say ninety eight percent of our starters came back. And like yeah. a good amount of our team was still there, and we all like had that taste that in our mouth, yeah. kind of like how you were talking about, like embracing the suck. We all did that, and then had the season we just had. I think because of that, yeah. So I mean, like you said, you go through hell, and it's like guys are dropping like flies, and it's like the only the only way you're gonna make it through that is you have, you have a, you know, your buddies next to you, and you you have your teammates that are fighting right next to beside you, and you don't want to give up on them. I mean, I'm sure it was the same way for you. It's like I'm. You know, I'm doing this for the guy next to me, and I'm doing it for myself too. But you know, at the end of the game, it's a team sport. Like, uh, like our coach says, Coach Fritz, he always says, if you want to, um, what if you want to be selfish, get an MMA. You know, and that's kind of the mindset. <laughs> like, it's a team sport, and it, yeah, if you want to, if you want to do something else, go go put the uh, gloves on, get in the octagon. But yeah, I think <laughs> like you're saying, just that bond, just unbreakable, and especially with our strength coach that came in, Coach Hester, just built upon that even more, and it just excelled to what we did this year and like you said let's do it again run it back run it back yeah yeah yeah, man look and i'm not trying to get too military on you but the only people who understand are the people who are in the mud with you yeah like the guys the guys that are literally in the trenches trenches. you, you you can explain it to as many people as you want but they won't quite fully understand it because they've never lived it they've never been in those moments They've never been displaced by a hurricane and not really able to go see their families. You're, 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 you're basically in an extended training camp together where everybody's like, man, this sucks. I just want to go home. Mm -hmm. And for, it was exactly the same way for us because we were not allowed to go back to new Orleans during that 2006 whole training camp. And this is back in the day when, when the preseason was six weeks, like we had two weeks, uh, full padded practices then we had four weeks of games so we had a six weeks tr- training camp and it really does like you grow together and the people who are mentally tough and strong fall off and you kind of leave those guys behind and, and mm-hmm. it's amazing to see just like you guys explained how you go through the tough times you know that specific season but then the next season all your guys are back you guys have this extra level of confidence and trust in one another that you can go out and do something special and you go out and do it. Like that to me is one of the more rewarding parts of football is the brotherhood and the bond that you build with the men. And honestly, I don't know if you guys are going to ask me the question or not, but one of the things that I miss most about playing football, and it doesn't even matter if it's NFL, college, high school, peewee, is that camaraderie that you have with the guys that you spend all that time with, you will never get that back. I promise you. And it's like, it, it sucks to talk about sometimes because it's like, damn, like those are the moments, man. Yeah. Now outside of marriage and fatherhood, and I guess a few other things like, but you will never get that feeling back. Yeah. Like you, you will never retire and go into the business world and walk into a locker room like you have right now ever again. Oh, Ever. Yeah. I and mean, you and Sean Payton always said it. He's like, football, the best parts of football are the moments. 
and yeah. you can never recreate those moments. Like I play in rec basketball leagues. I'm training to do a marathon. Like I'm doing all these things to like get my competitiveness out. Mm. But these moments are not the same. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't even they can't even come close to comparing to those moments. The travel with your team, the locker room banter, um, locker room. looking at the guy in the huddle across from you that's your homie that you're like, all right, we got this. Like. You, you can't recreate that. I don't yeah. care where you go. I don't care what profession you're in. There might be some cool things that you guys do. Hopefully both you guys go and play a long time in the NFL. But after that, there won't be a thing that you do that will be like what it's like to be in, in an NFL or a college football locker room. Um, and I hope that you guys are taking it all in now because, yep. like I said, it, it will not ever, ever be recreated in your life after. So who are your boys? Like who are you closest with on the team? Like who was like your your go to? Like hey, I'm about to tr- I'm trying to play some Madden or something. Like come over. Like, who was that? Yeah. Guy? So oh, we lost you for a second. Uh, we lost we lost you for a second. I didn't we didn't hear what you said. Sorry. You got me now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Got you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Thomas. Oh yeah. The uh, screen Roby, God. Jermon Bushrod, Jari mm. Evans, Zach Streif. Really, all the receivers, too, because you did receiver dinners every yeah. week. Uh, Marcus Colston, Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham. Hell yeah, um, Robert Meacham. You know, we, 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 were, yeah. we were like – we were such a tight group um, that everybody kind of hung with everybody, right? Like we weren't – I feel like it's gotten kind of a little bit more clicky um, yeah, you sure. know, with, with all the other opportunities that guys have and they kind of hang in their own little spots and guys are streamers now. And they're not like, we, we didn't have all that stuff. So we, <laughs> we just like, we hung out together. We genuinely liked and enjoyed spending time with one another. I wouldn't say yeah. like, we loved each other. Like we were oh, yeah. really legitimate brothers. And I yeah. feel like the teams that hang out together are usually the teams that ha- are, are able to have success easier. Now, obviously you got to have the talent, the coaching, the execution. I mean, all these things that go along with having success, but um, yeah. it's a lot easier to go out there and know that the guy next to you is going to handle his business. And the guy over here is going to handle his business. And, Oh, he went down, but the, the other guy, I know he's going to handle his business. If you oh, yeah. have that trust in one another um, and, and hanging out, outside of work or outside of the football buildings helps to build that trust. And I feel like that was, that was something that we did really, really well. So if there was an event that somebody was putting on, there would be 80 to 90% of our team there because we loved and wanted to support one another. Um, And it would be totally normal for after a game or on a weekend that we had off for a lot of our guys to be in the same location. Because again, we like spending time together. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big part of the reason why we were able to, you know, kind of have the run that we had. Um, and, and looking back, it's a shame that we only won one Super Bowl because I, I honestly feel like that 2011 team was probably the best Saints team ever. Ah, oh, Breeze for MVP, and, man. Yeah, I mean, we I, got snubbed that's, MVP, but we're not going to talk that's, about that. That's another thing. Like, he, he was, was obviously playing in the time with, with some great quarterbacks as well, but. I think he should have at least won one during that stretch. Yeah, what ridiculous. he was doing, what he was doing was incredible. And, and, you know, obviously there's quarterbacks now that are passing for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, but yeah. you know, just Drew's, Drew's still um, the goat though. I agree. Yeah. I agree. This guy thinks Daniel Jones, the goat. I never said Daniel Jones. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I never said Daniel Jones. Oh. This kid said I that this, said wait, that. time out, time this, out. This, 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 this kid said that Daniel said. Jones is better than Lamar Jackson. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, he said that Lamar Jackson is the top eight quarterback in the NFL right now. I said I I think that I rather have Daniel Jones on my team than Lamar Jackson. He said he'd rather Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had a great year. One good year. He's promising. I saw him. I, I remember watching. Dude, you're him tripping. Freshman year at Clemson, going winning a natty. He's got that winning instinct. I can feel it. Yeah. Hey, college is college, buddy. It's a new game. I feel like he was just trapped in the Jaguars organization, and they're starting to get better. All right. Well, I'll I'll believe it next year if he does it. But yeah. <laughs> Drew is the goat. Lance said that he's the goat, so you have to listen. I don't know who's the goat. I know I don't think Tom Brady's the goat. That's for sure. I'm a Giants fan. We beat him twice in the Super Bowl. Maybe Eli's the goat. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) But let's talk. Let's go in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. So I had to ask you. This was like the one question that I was like, Ethan, 
you don't let me ask this, I'm gonna kill you. I'll let you ask I had whatever ask you this. want. Yeah, I know you will. But um, so the Super Bowl, I know we all remember it. I remember exactly where I was sitting. Probably the best. That's the best year of my life after y'all won the Super Bowl because <laughs> I I should have pulled that up. Damn it, I don't have it. But I was on the front cover, like the newspaper. Remember y'all's parade that y'all had? Skip school. Everybody skipped school. It was the best day of our lives. And I was on like the Times Picayune or some front page. But that's besides the point. Um, so <laughs> how, that two how point. How old were you? I was. Uh, I was eight years old. Gotcha. Still remember it like it was yesterday. But uh, so that two-point conversion, obviously, great play. I mean, obviously, one of the reasons that we won the game. Um, we're going to pull it yeah, up real gonna quick. We're going to pull it up for the people seen it. Yeah, pull it up for the people that haven't seen it. But if you, I don't know if it's going to be able to let you talk while we play it. So we'll just hold what we're going to say until after the video. But let's pull this up for everybody to see this uh, amazing catch. Rollout breeze. Pass. Oh, almost caught. He bobbled it. It was Lance Moore. The Saints are challenging the call on the field. They believe it was a catch by Lance Moore. The flag is out. Scott Green will go under the hood. Yep. Let Jim, let me go over it real quick. When you're catching the football with contact going to the ground, you must hold on. If you go into the ground to catch the football, when you're going down, you must hold on. So I guess my my question about that play was, did you know you caught it right away? Like, what was your mindset? Because um, just walk us through that play, and what was your mindset during? And did you know you caught like you caught it right like immediately? Well, uh, to answer that question, no. I mean, I thought I did, but I, I wasn't super confident at all. I mean, I was just I, I, it 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 happened so fast. I felt like I had control of it and crossed the goal line. But in that moment, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, damn, maybe I did. Because you can kind of see me with my hands on my hip. Like, yeah. did I really just drop that? And so I got to the sideline and somebody's like, hey, man, he kicked it out of your hand. And I'm like, huh? They're like, he kicked, he kicked it out of your hand. So my mind immediately was like, oh, if he kicked it out of my hand, then it should be a score. Because once you have control and you cross the yeah. plane, like, that score is good. And so all I could hear Sean Payton, like, clear as day. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? <laughs> And I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 I caught it. I caught it. That's when he challenges it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hope I caught it. Like, I don't, I don't want to tell him that I caught it. And then oh they, they, they review it and they don't overturn it. And then he's pissed off at me and he's like, get him out of here. Don't put him back in the game. So um, I thought I caught it, but I wasn't super confident, I should say. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, you know, obviously replay was, was a thing back then and they could go under the hood and, and really check to make sure that I caught it. We all we all knew you caught it. Like I mean, me. I mean, I, I feel like that was that was for fans. It was probably wishful thinking because it happened so fast. Like, there's no way that the, like the human eye could see that. Like, oh, that's a catch. Like, yeah. you're I mean, hoping that it's a catch. Yeah. I mean, we knew that it was a catch when. I I'm just like so shocked. Like, obviously, like me and Noah, you know, like if you can't tell by our physiques and athleticism, we could <laughs> torque our bodies like that to put the ball in the yeah, end zone. I would have just but tore like, a few muscles. When how are you? Like, and- <laughs> it looked like you, you caught it, your feet in the end zone, ball out. How were you thinking? Like, I need to bend this certain way, like, like in that, like a snap to get the ball across like that? Because not every person can do that. No, I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it like instinct kind of took over at that point. And mm. I always tell like the guys that I train, the receivers that I train, I say football players are, are very, very aware of their bodies. But wide receivers, for the job that we have, we have to be probably the most aware of our bodies. Obviously, yeah. you want to catch balls and understand where defenders are so you're not taking, you know, big shots. You also have to know where the sideline is. If you're catching a football over there, you've got to know where your feet are without looking down at the ground. Because once you look down at the ground, the ball is going every which way. Um, so I think just having an awareness of where I was, how my body was contorted, and how to best reach to get the ball over the end zone. Um, like I said, that play happened way too fast for me to even like really be thinking in the moment. It just kind of yeah. was one of those things that it's just like, See ball, catch ball, figure out a way to get over the goal line in a you yeah. know a split second, and you know, you know. fortunately for us, um, you know I was able to, able to make that play, continue the positive momentum, and 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 then obviously Tracy Porter had to pick six shortly oh, yeah. thereafter. Um, yeah. But yeah, big moment in that game. One you know one play that that will um, you know be kind of synonymous with me and my football career, and and you know every 
time I see Saints people, whether it be in New Orleans or elsewhere, they call me Mr. Two-Point Diversion. And like, it's pretty cool um, to be known, you know, for a specific play, one that means so much to um, people as well as, you know, that kind of region to help bring a Super Bowl trophy to New Orleans. That was awesome, man. Thank you personally for me. (laughs) I've always wanted to tell a Saints player that played on the team, thank you for that Super Bowl. It uh, was awesome. But, yeah, Um, I guess from there, I mean, obviously, before we start digging some more questions into you, you know, let's go. (laughs) Let's go a little more of a, you know, video thing where you've been in the end zone a lot. A lot. A lot. A good more than end zone zone magnet. And one thing (laughs) that when you're in the end zone with the ball, I feel like you're a top tier. Hey, celebration. Yeah. No, you've had some great celebrations throughout the years. So let's see him, Ethan. Roll the clip. I don't have a clip of all of his. It's too many. I actually was watching a video before. I think it was about a 17-minute video of every single one of your touchdowns and almost every single one showed the celebration after. Roll the clip, damn it. I don't have the whole Roll the one that I pulled up. But hold on. I want to – Okay, sorry. (laughs) Go ahead, Ethan. I want you to go through – these five, I clipped out five celebrations that I and us grew up and I remember watching and being like, nope, I only remember yours. He's lying. <laughs> but I don't know. I want you to rate them one through ten. And if you one being it's, it's they're not, not good. Yeah, they're not you. First of all, you probably should have said that first. It's not your yeah, it's um, not your it's, it's other, other guys that are like irrelevant. But you're the you're the you're the maestro. You you should be the <laughs> indicator of who that was a good celebration or not. So pull the damn clips off. So this is our first one. Flacco throwing. Touchdown. To Jacoby Jones and what a be- Pancakes? Is that what he's, he's flipping pancakes, huh? Some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jaco- look, I, Jacoby was one of the better celebrator, I mean, celebration specialists when – we were in the league. We were in the league around the same time. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, that one probably seven or eight, okay. um, you know, but, but he was a guy like myself that when he scored, he was going to do something. Like yeah. you, you, you work your entire life to get to the end zone in the NFL. And then you get there and you hand the ball to the official, no offense to the guys that do, but I was not going to do that. Like I was going to keep entertaining Hard and it helped to kind of like, Make it even more fun for the fans. Make it more fun for my teammates and I. And so, yeah, no, I like it. I like it. 100%. So a seven or an eight. All right, let's seven hit the next one. Yeah, seven next eight. one. This one was a little controversial at the time. Brown has it. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. You're seeing two in the. Yeah, that one's <laughs> a little. Uh, hips don't lie, Shakira. Yeah. Uh, AB. About ten thousand dollars. I, I, I play. I played with AB, and I love. Hey, AB's a character, huh? AB was a character, but you know what? That Joker practiced harder than any player that I ever played with. Any player. That includes Drew Brees. That includes Reggie Bush. That includes Calvin Johnson, Matt Stafford, anybody. He he turned talent. Yeah, dude, he went crazy in practice every single day. Like I say, like oh, practice was was my game day when I was on the practice squad. But AB, like he took it to a whole nother level. So uh, I love the dude. Like I, I, you know, hope he's well. Um, He's done some crazy things, but um, celebrating was was another one of his specialties. And and um, you know, obviously you can't twerk now. But but I think back then nah, I don't know why uh, not. Was, I think it, I think it was it I think it was I think <laughs> I think it was funny back then. So I, I'm gonna give him an eight. Eight, that's fair. Eight. Okay. What about this from another highly decorated celebrator? Steelers bring only four. Palmer down the middle. To TD. That's pretty good. Oh, do we? Did we lose him? Oh, there we oh, go. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're back. <laughs> nine. <laughs> nine. Nine. Yeah, the, t- the T.O. mime is a nine. Yes. Okay. That's that, that was, that's hard. 
That's super yeah. hard. And it was hard. Like, yeah. There are people that dedicate their lives to trying to do that. Yeah, they literally don't even talk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy can talk and be – yeah, he can do both of them. That was for his 150th and, touchdown, too. And so. play football. I mean – Guy's a jack of all trades. Yeah. That's incredible. And this next one is a group celebration. Let's see this one. More recent. Very, very popular. He's going to go deep. What? Look, any group celebration yeah. obviously is choreographed, right? So it's not something that they just do on a whim or do on the fly, which means yeah. they're practicing it. They're doing it by themselves when they get in their hotel rooms the night before the game because they don't want to be the one to mess it up. Yeah. I'm giving it a 10 because yeah, I know. Wow. For so there's fact, nothing that can be better than that. Well, there's things that there's also things that could be 10s, right? Okay. Or there's things like that could be. Or there's things that can be off the chart, right? But, yeah, but I okay. just think, okay, I'll give it a nine and a half. How about that? Right. Okay, I'll give it yeah. a nine and a half because really not supposed to change your answer, but it's fine. Yeah, we'll let I it know slide. that I know the dedication <laughs> that it took to get to that for those guys. And so, did and you did you practice half. yours? Like, Heck yes. Like how? Yeah. Like days in advance, like, like in the mirror, or 100%. was it like in front of your wife? Like, did you practice in front of people, or did you just do it like by yourself? Like, how was it in the mirror? In the mirror. In the mirror. Did you, so yep. if you looking at the man you, in the mirror, did you have did you have in your bag? Because you can't just have one if you're planning to score three touchdowns. Well, I had YouTube in my bag, wow. so I would go on YouTube or I'd go on Twitter and ask the fans, "Hey, what touchdown celebration would you like to see me do this week?" And I, I scored multiple touchdowns in you know I think seven or eight games, but luckily in those games I had two that I could go to. Um, now, I don't know what I would have done if I scored three or four touchdowns in a game because I don't know that I ever really had three or four on deck. But yeah. I like to think I'm a fast thinker. So if I've already got two touchdowns and we're going into the third quarter and there's a potential that I could score another one, I definitely would have had something on deck. Or you just so, or you just drop the ball and be like, I don't have a dance ready. No, wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> or like just Too much was expected of me. Yeah, there's high expectations. You yeah. weren't a Saints but, fan. You didn't understand. When when <laughs> I scored a touchdown, we were all like, come on. Like let's I mean, see it, and it was like if you if you didn't, yeah. So how wait, long? Wait, hold on. I have to, it's very quick. It's very quick. Right, Sorry, you go, you go, you go. So like, would Lance Moore like kill the gritty right now? Like, how would you? Oh, would you yeah, be able to murder good, the gritty. It's a good question. Yeah, I mean the gritty is not the gritty is not super hard. It's not super hard, but I mean, I went to high school with the guy like does it every Sunday, so I I wanted to see like if you would murder it. So maybe I might need to see a video of that if you. Later on, if you're just bored or something, you send me a video, you gritty in. Uh, you, you don't have to, <laughs> but can you gritty? I can for sure gritty, but I don't want to mess up this um, place that we're in right yeah. now. We'll and, post that video one time. Yeah, for sure. And yours and mine. Mine's obviously gonna be the best. No doubt. But what I was going into, how long how long did you practice this one? Hey, that was three pumps, man. That was too much. Too many pumps. Too many pumps. We never practiced that. <laughs> Looks like That's it is, man. Looks like you did. <laughs> we we obviously this is you know the big key and peel time. We were obviously everybody was huge fans, but but in our locker room, we loved the show. We talked about the show all the time. Obviously, the the touchdown dance one was I mean, obviously it meant something to us, but Kenny and I, Kenny Stills said, man, that'd be, that'd be cool to do that someday. But we, we did not ever say, Hey, against Tampa Bay, we're going to do the Hingle McCringleberry. You're going to yeah. be the official and I'm going to pump three times. And then you're going to throw, like, we did not ever Gosh. choreograph it. It's so and much so, more beautiful hearing that. And this is, and this is before you were allowed to do group celebrations, obviously. Yeah. So they throw the flag. We get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for group celebration. 
Um, Worth it. But we also got fined $7,800 a piece. Oh. Um, but <laughs> worth it. I hate to, to go from that to Jordan Peele tweeting a picture of me with my hands on my head on a T-shirt that he's wearing shortly after that to my buddy making a connection with the Key and Peele show to get me on the show. Yeah. Like looking back, it's worth it. It was 100% worth it. Those like, three points I mean, were worth it. You were the oh. first one to ever do that celebration after it I came was. out. So innovator, yeah. man. And yeah, honestly, like, so that was not practice. Were, was, and the ref yeah. thrown, throwing the flag was not practice. No, it wasn't. That was just spectacular <laughs> pumps right there. Yeah. Uh, that's honestly all you can say about that one. But, um, but <laughs> what were you saying about the, so what was the you, pump? Yeah, obviously the pumps. Now it's you. Now it's you. Where would you rate that one? Through, one yeah, through wait, that's what I was going to ask you too. What, what's that? That's obviously a break the chart one. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's chart break. That's easily that's, a 10. Yeah. I mean, it's, yes, I was the first one to do it. The fact that we didn't choreograph it, the fact that they threw the flag, we got that. fined. I got on the Key and Peele show as a result. Like all those things, like, yeah, that's got to be a 10. Like, it, it, yeah, off the people show. are still doing it now. So, yeah, yeah, like, I, I'm not going to act like I made it up because clearly, yeah. you know, the guys on the Key and Peele show made it up. But uh, to be the first one to do it in the NFL, this is pretty cool, but I'm not mad at the guys that still do it. It's, I mean, it's 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 an awesome. I mean, yeah, do they I mean, get do they get flagged today for it still? Yes, because you are you are not allowed to hump. That's what yeah. It's only you only get two pumps. You obviously it's didn't just, watch the game. Well, you get two pumps. No, you get two pumps, and then if you do the third <laughs> pump, flag like, flying. Flag flying. It's a sexual reference. So they don't want yes. they don't want guys doing that. So yeah, it's crazy because I walked in on Ethan doing that celebration in his room the other day. And I was, he was practicing just- <laughs> <laughs> for when I score a touchdown, obviously. And he, I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" He's like, "I'm doing the Lance. Get the hell out." I right. was like, "Okay." I I think honestly, if I did score, I think I would do some sort of movements oh, that look the- like I'm struggling, <laughs> but I'm trying, and then I'd somehow just break down and do twerk. I don't know. It's just it's just natural to me. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's not. not if I get fined, then I have so be it. I have no money to pay for it. I got to come catch it. Trust me, you can, dude. You score and you're you're done. Like you just got to quit after that. Yeah, I think if I scored, I I would quit. Yeah, the cleats, <laughs> the cleats are getting hung up after that celebration. Oh, man. I'm gonna ask this one. The yeah, go M- crazy. is MVTB. 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 This is a segment we do on our show, sponsored by nobody. We've so no yeah, so it's not. I'm not. It's not like that guy from Barcelona. It's like sponsored by this person or whatever or just anybody that's sponsored we're, by honestly, we're probably honestly sponsored by the thick people in the world because it's we're the bigger guys but anyway mvtb uh mvtb is uh most valuable thick boy um so we kind of do a thing where we vote for the most valuable thick boy of the week um the fans last, vote. yeah the fans vote we put them up well we, we go head to head ethan and i and then last week was our center versus our old left tackle and um we kind of want to do a thing where you told us your favorite thick boy and then we put ours against yours, and then we let the fans vote and see who wins for the week. Okay. Most valuable the week. thick boy yeah. of the week, only for and the this week. This is this is what are we what are we talking about? This is so the requirements. I believe we spoke about that. Oh, uh, anybody, 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 over, anybody? I think the cutoff weight was like two seventy, two seventy five, two seventy five. Nice, yeah. yeah. So it's like your favorite. It could be. It could be. You can make it sentimental. It could be funny. It could be yeah. whoever you want. Whoever you want. Someone you know. Someone you don't know. Could be me. It can't be you. Mm. Conflict of interest can't be you. Could be me. No, it can't be you. That'd be sick if I was Lance Moore's. Damn it. It could <laughs> be me. It could be me. Yeah, no, it could be me or him. Um, no, nah, but like maybe a guy you play with or something, or maybe just like somebody you talk to that's over two hundred. Okay, yeah. So I'm not gonna make this easy for you guys, right? You guys are obviously in New Orleans, and this guy played with me in New Orleans for a long time. Um, Zach Streif. No, uh, my no. guy, Mr. Mr. Jack of all trades, a guy that played for, I think he played 13 or 14 years in the coaching league. He's coaching now, right? Um, Did he go yes, to Broncos? But, yep. but, but before that was in media, right? He was calling games on the radio <laughs> for the Saints and was really, really good at it. Like he was the play-by-play guy, which, which is yep. not a natural transition for a football player. Usually you're the color guy, right? You're talking X's and O's and you're analyzing plays. But for a guy to come off of the field and shortly thereafter be the go-to guy in New Orleans on the radio for play-by-play is incredible. Now, yeah. obviously, 
He stepped away from that to get into coaching. He's got a great mind, super intelligent, Northwestern graduate. Um, and so I think he's going to be a head coach one of these days, potentially in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I would say he's my favorite thick boy for sure. No doubt. Yeah. And he's uh, – did he get – did Coach uh, Payton call him to come to Denver? Yep. He's the offensive line coach now for the Broncos. Good yeah. for him. Good for him. And um, so – Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Our thick boy. I'm bouncing my brains going everywhere. But, yeah. Our thick boy is a – Taylor Lewan, hmm. you know, another guy. I know him from Bussin', Bussin', Bussin with, the, with boys. the Boys. Does a podcast. Hilarious guy. Great football player. Kind of, I'd say we were like kind of the same. You like, guys? We're probably, no, like you and I and Taylor. We're probably. If a mix of us is like Taylor Lewan. Because I have the sleeve and Ethan's like not yatted. And then we're both. <laughs> me, me either. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I'm just saying we're both fat. And so like we could be <laughs> like him, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we, you know, both. Yeah, we're on so a podcast. So we'll let, we'll let up, yeah, we're on the pod, yeah, we're on the podcast, but we'll let people vote. We'll let so, Zach, it's going to be your boy, Streif, and uh, Taylor Lewan. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get Streif on one day, talk to him about some X's and O's, maybe. I mean, our, our new line coach at Tulane is uh, Dan Roshar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan. He, our, our film that we watch is always of you guys, like in practice or, in a game and it'll be so funny because he'll just be like oh like watch Tehran here go against you know yeah jj like, watt or something no, like, no like even in practice so oh, it'll be like and then like, drew just steps back and he'll just throw it and i'll be like you talking about like tron armstead and drew Brees, right yeah like, you're talking about like the best <laughs> of the best yeah like <laughs> like so natural but he's like now watch ethan yeah he's like now watch ethan <laughs> on his face <laughs> but Watch this great A loafer. <laughs> hey, um, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> but so before we let you go, we got some final questions. So this one's yours. Yeah. If you could pick any professional athlete to swap life with for a day now, who would you choose? And what would you do differently to mess with their routines? Kind of mess, mess with the routine, like make it bad or just change or, whatever. I don't know. Okay. That's pretty sinister. You can make it uh, worse. Maybe it's a person you don't like. You can be like, I don't know. Wake up in the morning. Don't brush your teeth because you want their breath to smell. <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe eat terrible, uh, like us. I, I mean, you're God rest his soul, but I'm, I'm like the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. Yep. Like I've always loved the guy. Like I've met him a few times and like just how he worked, how he pushed himself, the the type of guy that he was and how he evolved even after basketball into this businessman, family man, you know, girl, dad. Um, I think it would have been awesome to walk in his shoes for a day. And I don't think I would change anything, honestly. Like the dude is like, he is just one of the, the people that I've always looked up to. Um, you know, I was, I was, he was the reason I became a Lakers fan. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Like there's, we're not anywhere close yeah, to, Columbus yeah. Yeah. but once this, you know, 18 year old kid got drafted to LA, I just, I would watch the games. And I'm like, man, there's so, like this, I like this guy. Um, and obviously we saw how his career went and, and how he became one of the greatest that we've ever seen. And yeah, I would, I would definitely, um, if not, you know, walk in his shoes, want to spend some time with him if, if, yeah. you know, if it would have been possible and, um, you know, just hate the, to think about what happened to him Tragic. and his beautiful, beautiful young girl and, and all the other people that were on the, you know, the helicopter that, that passed as well. Um, but yeah, Kobe, man, I'm, 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 I still wear Kobe's all the time when I play basketball. Like that's just, that's my guy. Yeah. That was my mentality, guy. man. Yeah. Um, do you want me to ask the next one? Yeah, you could. Okay. Well, I'll I'll tell everybody right now. This isn't my question. Ethan wrote it. I don't want to take credit. Fine. For it. We we take credit for both, both. Yeah, you know what it is. My question. Um. Yeah. So if you it's could, my question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you could only eat uh, one food for the rest of your life, but it had to start with the first letter of your first name, what food would you choose? Kind of putting you on the spot. Uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is lasagna. That's what. That's a really um. But if you were just asking me if I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life, what would it be? I'll probably say chicken wings. 
From love, where? Uh, that matters. And is it Nola or is it chicken and watermelon? That is fire. Uh, That's a fire spot. Have you ever been that, there? Is that, is that a place in, in New Orleans? Yeah, it's on uh, Claiborne, right? Yeah, Claiborne. I have not. I have not been. You there. can see the Superdome in the horizon. Yeah, it might be a newer spot, honestly. But if you had to pick, there. it's a place that you've been. Where's your? Where's the wings that you're getting? Are we talking bone-in wings? Or are we talking like boneless? Bone-in. Bone-in. Bone okay. All right. Bone Obviously, in. that's what bone I was. Wings. What sauce? Right. Bone, yeah. What yeah, sauce? We, we've got we've got a place here in San Diego called Dirty Birds, and they've got about fifty different flavors. And I promise you, I've never had a flavor that I thought was trash. So like, yes. I can go there, and they make. You know, obviously you can order as many as you want, but you can get as many flavors as you want. And um, I'm a big like hot honey guy or like oh, yeah. a spicy, spicy garlic. I love I'm a, I love lemon pepper wings. Man, you guys are going to make me go order some wings. Some wings. Yeah, honestly, right you want to hit up some wing spot later? <laughs> Down. That's a that's a cool name, though. Dirty Birds. That's a. Dirty, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, like some team we know that we don't talk about. You know, that's right. That's that right. Was, named. was it was it true that the Falcon they were or damn it, I just said it. Son of a <laughs> was it true that the, that team was trying to they were trying to sign you? Uh I did sign there. You did uh, sign, but then you were 20, like, what the hell am I doing? Right? Or is it like <laughs> uh yeah, uh the 2016 training camp, I was there for a couple of days and it just didn't feel right. Um Good. I was I was already kind of in the mode of I'm gonna try to make this work. Um, yeah. and I got there and it just, everything was just off to me from yeah. the airport to the ride out the flowery branch to terrible going into their locker room, to wearing the colors, to being oh. out on the practice field, different shoulder pads, wrong style helmet, not the same number, like all yeah. these things. And I will say that they were like really good to me. Like it, yeah. it was, I mean, it was a good experience. I, I just could not. I just couldn't, couldn't put on those. Um, yeah. And, and I was ready you. at that point. I was ready at that point as well to kind of move on and, and go into the next phase. I had just had my oldest, um, my first daughter, um, you know, a few months before that. And I just was kind of ready to be done with football at that moment. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just, it just wasn't meant to be. It just, it, it would have been, mm-hmm. it would have been tough for me to end up playing there and wearing that uniform. Yeah. It would have been painful for me to see. And if you would have three pumped in that <laughs> uniform, if I would have seen Lance Moore three pump in a Falcons uniform, I'd have probably stopped watching the game of football. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. Would have affected your whole life. Yeah, I would probably stop. I would have probably stopped playing football as well. So thank that's you, a, Lance, for a, doing that. That's a little extreme. That's a little extreme. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Sometimes we go to extremes for the, the teams we love. Is for what sure. it is. I get it. If yeah. I, I probably, I'd still watch football. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but before we end this, I just got to shout out my uncle for letting me use his jersey. Um, fire jersey. So the people, the I'm going to show the people. Get the jersey. Show him, I'm going to show, show him who's on the back. You got to get on your knees or something. You got, I'm telling you, I'm not even serious. Oh, there you go. Don't fall. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. But yeah, fire, uh, fire jersey. Shout out Casey. Um, I believe it's Reebok, maybe Reebok. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's it looks like it's got back. a lot of uh, ventilation. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of ventilation. I think it was worn by Lance too. I'm not confirmed yet, but game worn. Yeah, game worn. <laughs> but uh, like the one behind him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks the same. You can't tell. Yeah. But uh, yeah, same same uniform. But uh, yeah, just one. Uh, shout out my uncle for letting me wear this jersey. I might keep it. Probably will. You should um, keep it. I deserve it more now than him. Yeah. After talking to Lance himself, so you, it's you mine now. Thanks, Casey. Lance. Yeah, you're right. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's your jersey now. It is. Casey, sorry you heard it here first from Lance himself. You ain't getting it back, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you go. We just want to thank you so much for yeah, that was awesome. coming to talk to us today. It really is an honor. You know, you're a legend of the game. Yes. Can't debate that. Yes. Really but, appreciate it. Uh coming from a, a kid uh who grew up loving the Saints and y'all made me love football. So I really uh appreciate you for real. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me, man. I wish you guys the best of luck, obviously, on the football field, but in the classroom and all your endeavors. I hope this podcast gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and yes, the more that you guys are, are working on this, the better you're going to get, the more you know listeners you're going to get. And shoot, man, shoot shoot for the sky because it's it's like the opportunity is there. 
right? You, you, you put out a good product and people will find it. And that's when you really, really can make it, you know, for yourself. So um, the more that you can do, the better, you know, don't, yes, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And, and But ball out on the field, too, because you never know. You know right. what I'm saying? So, Same. so do do multiple things, and yeah, man. I hope hope you guys uh, continue to kill it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, gonna have to come try that dirty uh, dirty bird place out okay. soon, though. Now I'm, I'm gonna fly looking, to try. Kind of looking at like flights to San Diego to come try this place. Now, <laughs> it's fire. Like the I'll, pictures are actually awesome. And then now, since I, you're on the podcast, it technically means we have a place to stay in San Diego. So <laughs> I'm, here. I'm here. I'm <laughs> here. I'll, I'll take you guys to Dirty Birds. It'll be on me. Awesome, man. We're going to take you up on that. <laughs> we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Practice what? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, thank, thank you again. so much. And, you know. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And, yep. uh, Ethan, you want to? Stay thick, my friends. That's how we end everyone. Thank you.